if you're watching the news, you might get the idea that North Korea is one of the most difficult places to evangelize in the world. And while it is difficult, the truth is there are both challenges and opportunities everywhere. People say, are you located in South or North Korea? And I said, we're located in Korea. And we have different challenges in the North and the South. This is Dr. Eric Foley. He's the leader of Voice of the Martyrs Korea. I tell people that sometimes I feel like the safest country that we operate in is China. You know, South Korea is so small, North Korea is so small, China is so big. China knows a lot of what goes on in Christian work, but they just watch it. They don't interfere with it. It's not to say that there's freedom of religion in China because they crack down too, but sometimes China feels safer to me than some other countries. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help. Right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. I'm Todd Nettleton. Last week, we heard from Dr. Eric Foley about the country of North Korea. Dr. Foley is the leader of VOM Korea. He also oversees all of our project work into the nation of North Korea. Last week, he opened our eyes to what it's really like to follow Jesus in North Korea. If you missed it, you can hear that whole conversation at vomradio.net. Before we get to part two of our conversation, Let's just review some of what we heard from Dr. Foley last week. If it weren't for the United States, there couldn't be a North Korea because North Korea self-consciously styles itself in opposition to everything that is American, everything that is Western. And so its opposition to Christianity is that Christianity is an American religion. I always point out to people that Christianity is growing faster in North Korea than in South Korea. Because, of course, in South Korea, we have 10 of the 11 largest churches in the world. We send out more missionaries than any other country other than the U.S. But the church has been in decline numerically since 1991, the, the Protestant church. But North Korean, the North Korean underground church is growing faster. North Korean Christians, when they pray, they don't bow their head and close their eyes because that's an act of sedition in North Korea. It's easily detectable. Uh, they don't uh, say, Father, would you do this or that? But instead, I could look to you and I could say, isn't it so good? that we can count on our dear leader to uh, be able to care for every aspect of our life. I know that it matters to our dear leader that uh, my, my cousin is uh, struggling uh, with this illness and can't we take comfort? That's how North Koreans pray. And what are they praying? They're saying, Lord, would you please care for uh, my cousin because my cousin is struggling with this physical ailment. Last week, Eric Foley mentioned using balloons to get the scriptures into North Korea. Voice of the Martyrs has been using this method for years. Lately, the technique has taken a technological leap forward. People still, I think, a lot of UM readers have in their mind uh, that we still launch those orange balloons that are the size of a pillow. Yes, we still use those in certain situations, um, but not in relation not widely. to not widely uh, i can't exactly say where and how but i'll just <laughs> say that they come in handy where you can't do uh you can't get a large hydrogen tank 
and fill up a larger balloon. But what is the standard VOM balloon now is a weather balloon. I mean, literally an off-the-shelf weather balloon. We, we take these New Testaments and Genesis, because remember we talked about that we have to start with Genesis mm-hmm. 1-1. And so we fold them up, we wrap them in plastic, they insert inside the weather balloon. And then we launch the weather balloon. Weather balloon gets up about uh, 30,000 feet, and then that causes that atmospheric pressure, causes the balloon to pop. And then those Bibles will spread over literally 100 miles because they're up around 32,000, right. sometimes 40,000 feet. It's a very efficient means. Uh, it's, you can see with an orange balloon, you can only launch a few of those. Most of those don't cross over the DMZ. We didn't know that at the time. But even today, when you see human rights groups uh, uh, using the big cylinder balloons that we used to use, only about half of those make it into North Korea. With these weather balloons, though, with the GPS devices that we're using, and we use a computer program, a computer app, just like you would put on your iPhone. (laughs) We put in all of the atmospheric conditions that are constantly being updated for us from weather data. We add in the weight of the how many Bibles are we putting in? Are we putting 10, 20, 30 into a balloon? We put in the amount of hydrogen, the volume of gas that we're putting in. All of those things are adjustable, right? We could put in more Bibles or less. We could, um, we could put in more gas or less. We can launch from location uh, X or Y or Z. So our computer model allows us to, to determine where those are going to land even before we walk out the door. So we have a launch, no launch decision every day. And then if, if we have a launch decision, we always launch at night because we're always trying to avoid the, the South Korean media. We don't want that kind of media coverage. You know, those, I, I joke around that the, the other, the political, the human rights guys who launch the political flyers into North Korea, uh, what they want is, is that they, uh, they launch when the political weather is good. You know, right. they, that's when they want to launch. We want to launch when Bibles can go into North Korea. And that's really only May through October. The first year we used the GPS devices, North Korea responded by jamming GPS signals into South Korea. And that impacted taxi drivers and even aircraft. Wow. And so uh, North Korea got so much international pressure, they had to stop doing that. But we realized, wow, this is pretty serious <laughs> response that they give to that. And so then this year, as we did the computer apps, we knew where the balloons were going to go. And then the GPSs would confirm for us that we hit that target. And so we were able to target more this year. Um, you know, it's not like the Goodyear Blimp where we can guide it once it's in right. the air. But nevertheless, so the North Korean State uh, News Network, they announced two months ago, earlier this summertime, they announced uh, that Voice of the Martyrs. And Todd, if, you, if people could only understand how rare that is, they never call out a Christian group by name. Right. They just they, they talk about uh, the anti-government propaganda, uh-huh. whatever. But they, they said voice the of the imperialist martyrs. lackeys. Right. <laughs> and so they talked about voice of the martyrs and how tricky we were. That was the word they used was tricky in uh, using even digital media, because for the first time we, we included with uh, the Bibles, we included USBs. People say, oh, well, why would you include USBs? North Koreans are a backward country. And that's, again, a misperception. Uh, they, they have um, DVD players that have uh, USB ports in them. So we use DVDs, we use uh, USBs, we use MP3s, MP4s, any kind of modern technology you can get because the, the folks around the border with China, those, those North Koreans are bringing it into the country. Uh, the North Korean government noted that. They yeah. said they're using digital media, these tricky people. They said they launched on the following dates and they landed in the following locations. And so we were like, yes, because it was exactly a match for the days we launched and where we launched and the number of launches that we had done. And of course, the reason why they did it is they then said, uh, this group is going to turn South Korea into a sea of fire. Oh, that was my their, favorite part yeah, of the report. Yeah, right, a sea of fire. 
And uh, unfortunately, of course, that creates challenges for us in South Korea because uh, when the South Korean public hears that, it reinforces the perception that Christian uh, missionary work is dangerous because it destabilizes the relationship between North and South Korea and potentially causes a war. And that's, again, that's absolute uh, uh, error to believe that. This past summertime, when uh, things seemed so tense between North and South Korea, there was no signs that actually North Korea was going to go to war. They mobilized only their frontline soldiers, but most of their army was not mobilized for war. reason why is, is that when North Koreans mobilize for war, they have to feed the army, right. and it costs them money. They hate to have to do that. <laughs> Uh, at that time, South Korean archaeologists were still working in North Korea with their North Korean counterparts. At the same time, South Korean businessmen were working in the Kaesong Industrial Zone. And so when it was reported around the world, oh, North and South Korea are it's close right to war. Right on the brink of war. Right, right on the brink of war. And so people say, look at those crazy Christians launching balloons. They're, they're pushing things over the edge. And that, that simply is not true. But what it did have the effect of doing was it made it so that uh, when uh, we tried to launch, we were greeted by 80 riot police, South Korean riot police, with weapons that surrounded our building <laughs> and prevented our staff from entering or exiting. Wow. And for, for us, we have our balloons in a storage area. We couldn't load the van. And so every day we would go out to, to try to load up our van. And, you know, we have the, the deflated balloons and boxes. And so as soon as we walked out of the storage area, the riot police would come up. It was just like the stormtroopers in Star Wars, you know, <laughs> and they would surround us. And so I'm carrying this box and the, the riot police would push up right against my chest. And then it's like you and I are maybe four feet away from each other. A guy, it was almost like, uh, what is that movie, uh, The Naked Gun or whatever? They, they, a guy with a bullhorn, a policeman with a bullhorn would say, you must stop. You cannot take one step forward. The work you're doing is dangerous. If you step forward, we will be forced to physically detain you. It's like, look, I can hear you. You're like four <laughs> feet away from me. And so they were expecting that we would be antagonistic, but we didn't. We just, every day we did the same thing. We would walk out with the balloons. And so they kept, the policeman kept saying to us, they said, why are you doing this? You know, we're not going to let you launch. And we said to them, it's not about whether you let us launch or not. We believe that God is the one who makes a way, and we have to take the step as far as we can go, and then God is going to, to part the waters. And so we, we told the police, we said, we want you to know that we believe God is going to make the way, that I'm going to be able to take a step, and this is what I told the police, I'm going to be able to take a step forward to this line. Don't worry, I'm not going to force you to physically detain me, but until God parts the, the, the wave of riot police here, we're going to continue to come out every day. They said, you guys are nuts. You're crazy. We're not going to let you launch. And so four days after they made that statement, God parted the riot police for us, and they gave us a police escort out to the launch site. Wow. <laughs> I'd like to say from that point, everything was smooth. But the next night, we had to do a different location, and uh, the police are different in each city. And so in that city, the police there were not wanting us to launch. And so one of the conditions that they can crack down on us and prevent us from launching at a launch site is if there's a public disturbance. So they got together a bunch of drunk men. 50 drunk men driving around in their automobiles. And I always say to the police, I say, why do you think we're the dangerous ones? You got 50 <laughs> guys driving drunk here on the roads, blocking the streets. And so uh, the police uh, the police chief made us open the, the van window and he said, you know, you must turn around. There's a civil disturbance. You can't launch here. And then one of the guys who was drunk, he punched it, us through the window. And then another guy tried to open it. He did not try. He opened the car door and they tried to pull the driver out. Wow. And so uh, this is happening all around us. And so as Christians, we have an opportunity to make a witness in that case. So throughout that time period, with the riot police surrounding our building, we, we brought them bottles of water because it was summertime. It was really hot in Korea. 
Uh, we brought them snacks. We even brought them ice cream. My wife went out and took each of them ice cream. And so we were able to evangelize the police. But I say that for two reasons. One is, is that it's not like that it's only the North Koreans that are opposed to our balloon launches. It's really controversial even in South Korea. But second of all, I really think that American Christians need to understand when we think about restrictions on the Christian faith, it's not always the individual personal practice of the faith that's restricted. It is Christian work. Evangelism has been criminalized basically as hate speech in Europe. And uh, a couple of years ago in this country, we switched from the government talking about the guaranteed uh, freedom of religion to freedom of worship, the idea that you can do whatever you want inside your church building, but outside of it, you're restricted. And I just want to sensitize people to that, that um, uh, people say, are you located in South or North Korea? And I said, we're located in Korea, and we have different challenges in the North and the South. I tell people that sometimes I feel like the safest country that we operate in is China. You know, South Korea is so small. North Korea is so small. China is so big. China knows a lot of what goes on in Christian work, but they just watch it. They don't interfere right. with it. They just want to make sure that they maintain some level of social control. Uh, it's not to say that there's freedom of religion in China because they crack down too. But sometimes China feels safer to me than some other countries. So I think American Christians, Christians in the West, should not simply look and worry about that they're going to lose the personal practice of their faith. I say maybe, maybe not. But I would say uh, be very aware that you may lose the ability to do Christian work of evangelism and discipleship in the public spaces. I think that that's quite possible. I think it's already happened. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Eric Foley. He is uh, the president of VOM Korea. He's also the author of a book called These Are the Generations that looks at uh, a Christian family in North Korea over a number of years, a number of generations. There's such a need to start at square one. Yes. Uh, like you say, and just explain everything. You, and, uh, you yeah, I'm there glad, is yeah. No, there's no cultural understanding or or thing to fall back, to kind of build on. There's no right. foundation. Yeah. you got to start with the foundation. And what that means is Genesis 1-1. Yeah. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. When we do evangelism, North Koreans, we don't start with John, John 3.16, because although people think that that is uh, self-referential, the idea that God sent his only son because he so loves the world, all of that is prefaced on the idea of God as creator mm -hmm. um, and God in a Trinitarian sense. And so we have to start with Genesis 1-1 and say, well, first of all, what you've heard that the world was created as an act of uh, random evolution. And by the way, evolution is, is crucial to the North Korean Juche ideology. That is where we have to start evangelizing is with Genesis 1-1. And, and, and being taught that they are created in the image of God is like a, it's the proto-gospel. It's the, it's the lead-up to us saying, okay, therefore, since God created the heavens and the earth, and you were created in God's image, then that talks about a relationship that exists between you and God that's been broken. By what? It's been broken by our sin. Now, how does God solve that? Because even the concept of sin is something that North Koreans don't have. So for them, sin is in relation to service to the state. And it means that you have violated a law primarily related to the sanctity of Kim Il-sung. Well, once you're evangelizing people, all of that has been lost, right? right. You can't build on that and say, okay, just like you, you broke relationship with Kim Il-sung, your relationship with God is broken. Well, guess what? That's a really bad place to start evangelizing North Koreans because <laughs> they get the idea that God is like Kim Il-sung. Right. 
Eric, let's uh, let's talk a little bit because I know you and I are both fascinated by North Korea, and we like mm. to read about North Korea. Yes, uh, and you've recommended some great books to me that have kind of opened my eyes to what's going on. Mm. Uh, for our listeners who kind of want to dive a little mm-hmm. deeper into this, what are some books you've been reading or have come out in the last couple of years that sort of help us mm. see behind what the news reports and right. see behind the legends and see what's really going on in North Korea? I think it's a great question because I would not encourage people simply to pick up any book on North Korea. There's been a proliferation of books on North Korea in the last several years, and some of them are very good, and some of them are very unreliable. Unfortunately, there's a number of books, especially ones that were done by uh, North Korean defectors, where it became apparent after the books were published um, that the material in the books was not accurate, that uh, it was fabricated or exaggerated. And it's understandable. Part of my doctoral degree was in relation to how North Koreans tell their life story. And so um, I, when I look at books and I look at w- the books that I would recommend, part of it is it's not just the author. It's not just that the author had personal experience of North Korea. It is about the time that they took to understand that experience. So, for example, books uh, written by North Korean defectors, I always recommend at the top of my list, there's two two books that I would definitely read. One is Aquariums of Pyongyang. It's by a man named, his last name is Kang, uh, K-A-N-G, Kang, or it looks like Kang, but Kang Cholwan. Korean names, of course, the last name comes first. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely a good read. And um, Aquariums of Pyongyang is, is about his experience of um, uh, growing up in prison. In North Korea. Best book to understand the, the system, North Korea in general, from a North Korean perspective, but also uh, the information uh, has worn well. I tend not to be, Todd, in favor of brand new books, although I'll make an exception now and recommend the book Dear Leader, um, la- author's last name Jang, J-A-N-G, Jang Jin-sung. I think it's an excellent book. He writes not from a Christian perspective, and that in many ways uh, may be more valuable because when he talks about Christianity in his book, you realize, for example, that um, the churches that we've, of course, for years maintained are fake churches in North Korea are indeed fake churches, and that when Christians get involved trying to help North Korea, when Western Christians get involved trying to help North Korea, that they are sorely manipulated by the North Korean state. Same with people who go on tours to North Korea, which we'd say is a supremely bad idea. And, uh, and he was a part of that system. I mean, he he was, was a part yeah. of the propaganda system. He was a part of presenting this front to the mm-hmm. rest of the world. Uh, and so when he shares, and I, that's one that I've read and is outstanding— He's sharing the insider's perspective. This right. is what really happened because I was there. I was part of it. Uh, the other story that he tells is about meeting uh, Kim Jong-il, yeah. which is very fascinating. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, the the whole story behind that and how secretive it was and how weird it was. Yeah. Uh, it's worth reading that book just for that part of the story. Absolutely. So I, I think, again, there's many new books that have been written by North Korean defectors. And I say... Um, that I would still uh, recommend these two over uh, any of the other ones. There's a tendency that we like stuff that's new, uh, but I think that there's a growing concern that among North Korean defectors, they realize that uh, you can make money by saying certain things. This goes back to what we were saying at the top of the show, um, that North Koreans are realizing more and more that they can play fast and loose with the truth. And so I really am concerned. I don't want uh, Christians to get the wrong idea. Uh, Often North Koreans have the perspective, if it's bad, then it's true. 
about North Korea. And then readers assume the same thing to mm-hmm. be true. And what's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with that is if we assume that everything that we hear about North Korea is true, you know, that people are uh, executed um, by bazookas and, and torn up by wild dogs and all this other crazy stuff that we hear about North Korea, um, then we misunderstand this, this country that we really need to understand in order to reach it well. So those would be my top books about by North Korean defectors. I think um, another book, Under the Care of the, of the Loving Father, I'm sorry, I have to think of the English titles, <laughs> Under the Care of the Loving Father, which is a really long book about the history of North Korea and well worth the read for people who want to read in depth about it. Best quick read on North Korea? Your book, Todd. I Seriously, it's uh, offered through Voice of the Martyrs, and I would say it's, it's where do you start? Start with that book. You know, you're interviewing me about North Korea, uh, but you are a great teacher about North Korea, and I hope people in the U.S. realize uh, that you have more updated information and uh, the way that you're sharing about North Korea in my mind, you're the only voice that I regularly hear that is explaining things accurately. Like I say, North Korea is endlessly fascinating to me. So I, I find it, you peel back the layers and kind of try to get a little bit of understanding. Right. But if people want a good general introduction to North Korea, they should read your book. Uh, that, that is the best book to read about North Korea. And it's it's really well done. So Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I don't I don't say that because I'm on your radio broadcast. <laughs> I say that wherever I go. I will give I you the $20 yeah. <laughs> later. It's, it's all right. I even recommend your book. People read your book before they read my book. So. <laughs> well, we will link you to Restricted Nations North Korea and to These Are the Generations uh, from vomradio.net, uh, the description to this episode of VOM Radio, so you can get those two copies easily. Uh, I encourage you, and again, North Korea is endlessly fascinating. It is so different from every other place in the world. It's so different from the United States uh, that it is, uh, it's just fascinating to read about what's going on. Uh, Dr. Foley, as we finish, uh, we want to equip mm-hmm. people to pray. How do we pray for the nation mm-hmm. of North Korea? Well, um, I always like to remind people of the story of my first experience asking that question with North Koreans, that I asked a North Korean underground Christian, how can we pray for you? And he said, you pray for us? We pray for you. <laughs> and I was really surprised by that. And I said, well, why would you pray for us? I mean, we're from the land of the free, the home of the brave. And he said, uh, well, that's a problem. You know, you uh, American Christians tend to put your faith and your money and your freedom. But here in North Korea, we have neither money nor freedom, but we have God, and we found that God is sufficient. And so I've always told people um, that if we're going to pray authentically for North Korean Christians the way they want us to pray, we should not pity them, and we should not pray that they can escape from North Korea. We should not pray that their political system collapses. Those are things that North Korean Christians don't pray. In fact, they pray for their leaders. Praying for Kim Jong-un is, is something that um, most people think is sound, sounds odd that we would recommend that, but I, I would say that's what North Korean Christians do. Right, that's and, that's also what the New Testament. Yeah, tells absolutely, us to do. sure it does. And, um, and North Korean Christians pray that he would come to uh, reflect the image of God and use his power for that purpose. So um, that's important. One other thing, there are four missionaries currently being held in North Korea. One of them has been held for more than two and a half years. There's one from Canada three from South Korea. These are not uh, people who are affiliated with Voice of the Martyrs in any way, shape, or form. In fact, the work that they do is very different than the kind of work we do. That being said, uh, nobody deserves to be detained in North Korea under any circumstances, particularly those circumstances. So let's pray for their those missionaries and their families. Uh, also, um, pray uh, Voice of the Martyrs supports all of the work that we do 
across that whole region, which is North Korea, South Korea, China, Russia, Mongolia, Southeast Asia, Middle East. Nobody thinks of those areas as being where North Koreans are. Mm -hmm. But I always tell people, wherever North Koreans, uh, wherever people hate the U.S., you'll find North Koreans there. <laughs> and they're there on work contracts. And so it's, it's where we meet them and can evangelize them. Uh, we pray for uh, specifically one of our workers who was kidnapped in this past year. I can't give any details because the family wouldn't let me release those. But So prayer for that unnamed worker. I, I would encourage people to pray uh, specifically for this increase in the kidnapping of missionaries to North Korea in China. Uh, and that's not only South Korean missionaries, although, uh, in, in praise God, we had an attempted kidnapping two weeks ago of a South Korean missionary that was uh, foiled by the Chinese Public Security Bureau. So um, we praise God for that. But there's there's a strong upsurge in attempts to kidnap missionaries. But North Korean defectors, including those who are trained at our underground university, who uh, are then going out and reaching North Koreans wherever they're found, they are part of a wider group of North Koreans who, when they go back to China, 10% of those people are kidnapped back into North Korea, never heard from again. Wow. So we want to pray for them. We have the highest rate of death due to suicide of any population group in recorded history, North Korean defectors in South Korea. So the most dangerous place for North Koreans to be? In South Korea. So pray for them. Uh, and then, of course, pray for the 100,000 North Korean Christians who are in North Korea, a third of whom are in concentration camps, and two-thirds of whom are always on the verge of um, being discovered and placed in concentration camps. And as we pray, we don't just pray for them, we pray with them. And what they always say, pray that God will find us both faithful where he has placed us. Mm -hmm. So that would be my final word, Todd, is, is that we don't see a lot of North Korean Christians uh, defecting because they feel like God has called them there, even into the concentration camps. So they just pray this. They say, uh, Lord, find us faithful where you've placed us and equip us to serve there. And they say that if we want to pray for them, we just should pray the same thing and that God would find us faithful where yeah. he's placed us as well. Dr. Eric Foley has been giving us some helpful, practical ways to pray for our brothers and sisters in North Korea. Would you commit to doing that, to pray in the ways that Eric has mentioned? And like he just said, when we pray for our brothers and sisters in North Korea to be faithful and effective for God's kingdom, we can pray the same thing for ourselves. One reason that we bring you stories like this here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio is so that you can pray for the persecuted church more effectively. And another reason is these stories can change you. They challenge you to think about your faith. If you were in that situation, how would you respond? Would you stand faithfully for Christ? These stories challenge us to think about the way that we share our faith with our friends and our coworkers and our neighbors. They challenge us to think about the way we pray. How faithful are we in our prayers? How passionate are we in our prayers? These stories challenge us to look at the ways that God is at work around us, the doors that he's opening for us, the things that he's doing on our behalf. As we see the blessings of our brothers and sisters who face persecution, I hope that you also see the blessings that God has given you in your life. I got a voicemail from a listener who appreciated how God was speaking to him through Voice of the Martyrs Radio, and I thought that our listeners would be encouraged by the things that he said. Todd, I just uh, wanted to let you know what a great program you have. I uh, uh, listened to your interview with Padina uh, a couple of days ago, and it was fantastic. I just 
thank God for what he is doing with and through the Voice of the Martyrs. Uh, it, it's an amazing ministry, and I just pray that it will continue uh, and grow and be able to do more for uh, the kingdom of God as well as our persecuted brothers and sisters. And please, uh, I hope and pray your radio program will continue. Um, I really enjoy it. God bless. Uh, keep up the good work. Thank you. If you've benefited from the Voice of the Martyrs radio like that caller has, I hope you'll explore all of our past episodes online at vomradio.net. You'll find all of the archive programs there. You'll also find the ways to get a hold of us, to leave your comments about the program, to ask questions. I also hope that you'll continue to pray for our brothers and sisters in North Korea this week and that you'll be looking for ways to use the freedom that you have to share your faith with people around you. And then join us again next week right here for The Voice of the Martyrs Radio.